Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. It is my birthday. I am excited. I sometimes dread birthdays because we're getting older and older, but I also feel like I'm getting wiser and I don't know, I'm not getting younger, but you know, it's just fun. I love this. I love this stage and I don't mind my birthday and it's fun to have kids celebrating you. And today I got to lead a free workshop with a bunch of you guys who I know, listen, it was so fun. We really dove into planning what the next 90 days look like what summer is going to look like, how we want it to feel and what that means, like what what we're going to get done, how we're going to take downtime, what vacations are going to look like, what food goals we might have. So fun. I love doing this work. I might have to do it one more time before we're fully into summer. I know that some of you listening, your kids have been out of school. You're fully in the swing of summer. It's hot where you are, where we are. It's just now feeling like it's going to be summer. It's feeling a little springy and the kids still have three weeks left of school or one has two or two have two weeks left of school and one has four weeks left of school. So I'm calling it three. So we're not quite there yet, but whether you're there now or you're about to get there, it's still a really good time to think, really set an intention for what the next 90 days look like. There's definitely a transition that happens in between getting out of school and diving into summer, even if you homeschool, and then getting back into the school year. So in these 90 days, it would encompass all of that. And what I find a lot of time is when we live by default, stuff just happens. And then when we're having to report back on how our summer was or feeling organized about heading into the fall, you know, we don't feel that good. We can't stand as tall and tell people how great it is. So that's why we do this work. And it's, it's really fun. It's really fun when you, when you have a plan and you know what's happening and you can be more relaxed about it. So in the show notes, there actually is the printout that we went through. Look out because I might do this live training again. It went really well. Everybody loved it. So I would love to offer it to even more people. Um, It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm working on mine right now, Um, but there is a link in the show notes. So make sure to go to that blog post. If you go to plansimplemeals.com and click on podcasts, it's the top one. You click on it and you'll actually see an image with the printouts that you can do. Um, down below. So I'm super excited for that. And really what it is, is just defining first how you want to feel this summer, what obstacles might show up that might make it hard for you to feel that way and what that looks like to you. Like, so if you want to feel really relaxed, what does that look like? Does that look like not working as many hours? Does that look like going on trips? Does that look like seeing a lot of friends? Um, you know, what does that word look like to you? And you could have a couple, but I want you to find what they look like and, you know, any obstacles you might have. And then what you do, we do is we start diving in and we start first by just making some lists of, you know, what could happen on a rainy day that would feel that way? What could happen on sunny days? What work do you need to get done? What books do you want to read? And we do that both 
from as individuals, as family members. So there's one that's definitely made for mama. There's one that's, that's unnamed. So if you have children over the age of nine, they could fill out their own. And then there's a family one. So you sort of start to have an agreement about what's going to happen. So if on your list is cleaning out the garage, everybody knows that before summer starts and there's just less complaining. So it's a really good way to get what you want out of summer. Highly recommend it. And one of the prompts actually is what can wait until late August because very often, you know, we have a hard time relaxing into summer and then midsummer we start talking all about the fall and because it's what's happening in our media and our magazines. And I just want to make sure that that actually is how you want to feel in the middle of the summer. So it's all good stuff. Really exciting. The other thing that's going on is that I'm still looking for these 40 women to join me for a year. We've, I've had some amazing phone calls. Maybe you're one of those people who's jumped on the phone, who's listening. Amazing phone calls with, I just, I'm always floored by what moms do, <laughs> both what we put up with, the work that we're doing in the world, how we're juggling it all. It's, it's so amazing to hear. Like, we're just amazing. We're amazing. And I love hearing all those stories. And it's really fun to see who's going to show up and be part of that 40. There's still some space. Um, I'm going to keep enrollment open until I find the 40 or until the end of June. Um, but this is going to be a really amazing experience because I am planning on growing this program. So 40 will not be the magic number forever. But so this year we'll have a lot more time together. Um, it's going to always be fabulous. And I'm going to find ways where everyone always feels nurtured. So if it's not your time, don't worry. But I really do think that jumping in at the beginning of things is always a, a good, it's just a, a good way if, if this is resonating with you. And so I've gotten a lot of emails back of people wanting to know more, wanting to hop on the phone. But in case that feels like a little exposed for you and you want to do more research first, there is a page up now. So it's plansimplemeals.com slash flow 365. So F-L-O-W 365. Um, and you can just read more about all the amazing stuff you get, what, you know, what you get out of it and what it will look like. And then you can elect to um, hop on the phone or send me an email and we can see if it's a good fit for you. Sound good? All right. So you guys, Nitika Chopra is this amazing woman. She's, I don't know, I, I, my best explanation for her is a beacon of light. She's a talk show host, a beauty and lifestyle expert. She's a self-love guru, which is what we go into a lot, and a chronic illness advocate. She herself was diagnosed with chronic disease over 26 years ago, and you just have to hear her story. You have to hear what she's been through. It was a big lesson for me in not judging a book by its cover because literally if you meet her, you would never know she had been through all this. It's also so inspirational for anyone out there who is dealing with an autoimmune disease or, you know, or someone in your family is of how we can really change our story and show up in a different way. And there's so many tips and strategies for how that would work on this episode. So with no further ado, let's definitely get Nitika on the show. 
Hi, Nitika. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am super excited to have you here today. I'm so pumped. Thanks for having me. So I introduced you a little bit before, but um, I just want you to hear that you are such a beacon of light. We met at um, met recently, but you're one of those people who, like, I feel like I knew forever mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at Sarah Jenks Baby Shower and who's been on the podcast actually. So we, we've heard her story too, but I, um, I just, I loved how much just light and energy you brought to a room. And so when I heard your story, I was super surprised, like, like almost shocked Mm. (laughs) that you had been through so much with your health. Um, because you seem like you're in such a different space right now. I know it's probably not easy every day, but as to a room, you just, have this amazing energy. So I definitely wanted our listeners to hear that journey and just understand what you've done to get to this place where you can show up in such a way. So thanks. Yeah. You know, that's something. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. What you want well, me to- so, so let's go back. Like, so yeah. can you tell us just your story. Like, um, you're in your late thirties now, right? Is that true? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think yeah. That. 37. Um, so, and you have, you've been battling. So tell us just your story of like what it was like as a child and when you sort of figured out what was going on mm-hmm. um, and sought to fix it. Sure. Yeah. Well, I was diagnosed with psoriasis, which is a dry skin condition. It's an autoimmune disease um, from the age of 10 and um, I also ended up getting psoriatic arthritis when I was 19. What does and that mean? Psoriatic arthritis is just, it's, it's another form of arthritis. It's connected to the autoimmune disease psoriasis. Okay. So okay. Um, there's many different forms of arthritis and like they all feel apparently like very different. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one uh, ended up going in most of my joints, primarily in my hands and wrists and um, somewhat in my jaw and my back and my feet. Um, And that started at at 19. And yeah, I mean, that journey was really intense. People, to be honest with you, people are often surprised that I have been through the things that I have because of exactly what you said, that I seem like the exact opposite of somebody who's actually really even gone through anything. I seem Mm. just like I'm, you know, so carefree and light filled and whatever. And I'm always just like, that's so surprising to me because to (laughs) me, I'm like, I only feel the light as much as I do because I've had such an intimate connection to my darkness. Yeah. I love You know, and that's, that's where that comes from. And did you always know what you had? Like, was there a like was there a point in your life where you were just in pain, or did you get diagnosed right away with with having psoriasis and then and then the arthritis? Yeah, I mean, I I think it was pretty clear. Like, they did a biopsy. I think there was like maybe a couple months when I was ten that like they didn't know, but they did a biopsy pretty soon because they weren't sure if it was eczema or if it was psoriasis. Okay. And then it was, you know, determined that it was psoriasis. And then with the arthritis, I think it was kind of the same thing. Like I remember being in my dorm room trying to open a box of cereal and I like couldn't open the box of cereal, but no one had ever told me about this rare and not, it's actually not rare, but this random, you know, arthritis thing that I could have gotten. I had no idea that it was even a thing and most people had never even heard of it. Um, And so I, you know, there was a period of time where I was kind of like, what's going on, you know, but pretty much by the time I got to the doctor, it's like, 
my symptoms were pretty spot on. You know, I had the autoimmune disease already and, and all of that. So yeah, I didn't, I, I feel for the people, oh my gosh, I have so many women that I work with that have spent years, decades even, like not knowing what they have. And oh, yes. that's a whole other level of frustration. They just well, couldn't. and it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I didn't actually, I had no idea that I had celiac until I was after my third child. So I was in my thirties. Mm. And the second I found out, I was like, oh my God, that freaking explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> like I always went to the doctor for like chronic fatigue syndrome and like aches and pains in weird places. And I just never knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, I help a lot of times families with kids who aren't, you know, thriving with food. And what's so interesting to me is I think that somehow we think being sick or in pain is norm. Like we come to just accept that as part of life and we Mm -hmm. don't know that we should feel fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know where that came from or why we think that, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, somehow we, 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 I think we put up with a lot more than we need to with our bodies. I think that's so true. Yeah. My mom actually has celiac and I remember that was one of the most traumatic things ever is like her trying to figure out what the hell she had because mm. this was when I was like in high school. So it was probably like a good, even later, you know, 20 years ago or something. Yeah. It was like a, it was a while ago. And, um, and she was, we kept trying to figure out what was wrong with her. Cause you know, she kept, when you're sick, you eat toast. And so like she kept eating toast and like saltines and like, she couldn't keep anything down. I remember my mom's like five, seven, she's always been skinny, but she was like, so frail. Like, you know, she looked like she was dying. I mean, it was horrible. And I remember thinking that she was going to die because I just felt like I, we didn't have any idea. Yeah. What was going on? And then we finally found out it was celiac and we're like, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? Like, this is amazing. <laughs> this yeah. is the condition. We can figure um, this out. It's another autoimmune it disease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of autoimmune diseases with the women in my family. Um, just like a podcast in itself. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So let's talk about then. So, so you found out that this is like, you figured out this is what you had. And did you immediately know like what you needed to do? Did you immediately become the, the beacon of light you are now or no, like, <laughs> no, not even close. I mean, and you know, I, you know, the, the light and all of that is I work my ass off for it, you yeah. know, and I, I work my ass off for it every moment of every day. Um, you know, I talk to people a lot about self-love and my definition of self-love is being more committed to your happiness than to your suffering in every moment. Mm. And it's because of this that I feel that that's what self-love really is. Because it's like, I wake up in the morning and just like everybody else, I always say, it's like, I forget that I am light. Like I completely forget. I don't, it's not like I wake up like with birds chirping and like I'm singing and I'm like, you know, in this meditative state, like absolutely not. I live in Manhattan for God's sake. Like, (laughs) I'm not, you know, there's a jackhammer outside and usually there's like a pigeon like perched on my like uh, AC that's sticking out of my window making noise. And there's like, you know, it's like all kinds of things. And I wake up and I don't remember that I have light inside of me. I have stress and worry and frustration and sometimes anger and, you know, sadness and all the things. And then my entire day is about 
okay, like how can I be more committed to my happiness than my suffering? How can I be more committed to my happiness than my suffering? So when I was diagnosed, I, I had one small spot of psoriasis on my left arm and I feel like it happened overnight, but you know, I was 10, so I can't totally remember, but it feels like, you know, overnight my, my whole body was covered. So for about 20, I'm sorry, for about 16 years of my life, I was covered like, you know, 90% of my body was covered with psoriasis at points. Wow. 98% is, is of that my bumps, body. Like, is, is that, is psoriasis like little bumps like eczema? Is that what it is? I wouldn't call it bumps. Um, it's, it's like scales of skin. So I didn't have regular skin, like the, the allergy scratch test that people have to do like yep. on their back or whatever to know if they're allergic to something. I literally couldn't even do the test because I didn't have any normal skin on my body. Got it. So it, and yeah. is it itchy or hurty? Yeah, but it's just like chicken pox okay. all the time. Ugh. And it's like, you know how your lips crack and bleed in the winter? Like my entire body was like that. So I would wake up in the morning, you know, with my sheets completely covered in blood because I had oh just annihilated and scratched the crap out of my whole body while I was asleep because I couldn't, you know, restrain myself because I was sleeping. Yep. And my mom would have to change my sheets like every morning mm -hmm. um, because it was so bad. And um, yeah, and, and I lived like that for 16 years of my life, wow. you know. Like so, your school years. Yeah, it was, it was like from 10 to about 26. And even wow. from like 26 to 25, I, I was, I've been, I'm, 20, I'm 37 now, but you know, the last two years I've been pretty much in remission, but before that, for those 10 years, 26 to, to 35 ish, like I, it wasn't completely gone. There were a lot of ups and downs, but it wasn't like, you know, as bad as those other 16 years. So, okay. so what changed? Um, what do you mean? Like to get like, in remission so, or no. So how did you like, let's talk about this idea of every day finding like taking the pain and and finding happiness like that did that start to happen at the 25ish age like when when were you when did you start trying to transition your your mind was that always um yes and no it was always in the sense of like i've always felt really connected to god um okay. and you know for me god is just like the the loving energy that is within and around all of us. Like that is all that is to me. It's not a, it's not a religious thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've always just said God and I, I don't know. I, I grew up in a family that wasn't religious at all, but I always felt so connected to this other, this other energy. And so when I was really in the thick of my health, when I was in high school, uh, it was like one of the, you know, one of the really, really hardest times of my life because of all of this and then the bullying and all that stuff that came with it and, mm. and everything. Um, I remember having this moment of like, I really wanted my life to end and I, I would never do anything to make it end. But I remember being in so much emotional and physical pain that I was just like, I can't, I don't think I can do this. Like, I really don't think I can do this. And I was probably like 15 years old at the time. And I remember sitting in my closet um, and, you know, I closed the door and I sat on the ground, on the bottom of my closet and I just prayed to God 
to end my life. I was like, I would never do anything to hurt myself, but I can't handle this. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but you've given me way too much. Like I cannot, I can't do this. And all of a sudden I heard this message that was like, this isn't about you. I'm getting so many chills as I tell the story, but I was like, what the, and I didn't know anything about intuition or, you know, manifesting. <laughs> I mean, I was like 15, you know, I was like, not, I don't know anything about this stuff. I barely know what God is at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just heard this message. This isn't about you. And I was like, how the hell could <laughs> this not be about me? <laughs> like, are you kidding me right now? But it was so clear, like anybody who's ever gotten a message from the universe or their inner voice or anything, it's just like, no one can tell you that you didn't just hear what you heard. It's just like, it's, it's like this other voice, but it's a part of you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just really held on to that for the rest of my life until this day. And so that I would say was kind of the beginning of me trying to pull myself out of my suffering in every moment. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, you know, when I was 19, right after I got arthritis, actually, I ended up doing this program called the Landmark Forum, which a lot of people might know about. And I, I, you know, I did that for many years and I trained to be a life coach and I learned about the secret and I, you know, I got all of these tools that, you know, also helped a lot with, with my journey and, and being positive, but it was really like, you know, it's an everyday moment to moment journey. So that yeah. first message was a part of it. And then all these courses was a part of it. But then I also had to probably around like 25, 26, I also had to be like, this self-help stuff is really exhausting. And like, that doesn't feel totally true to me either. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's something in the middle of it all. So it's just been a, it's just been a life exploration, a journey of figuring out what my truth is and, and what I really believe and, you know, all of that. So I guess I just, you know, through all of this, it's like you, exactly what I said, you can either be committed to your suffering or to your happiness. And sometimes I'm in my suffering and I'm like, I'm really committed to this right now and I'm not getting out of it. <laughs> and that's totally fine. But I think I just knew that I had a choice, like from a very yeah. young age, you know, I can be depressed and want to end my life or, I don't know why that always happens, even when I put my phone on vibrate. Um, anyway, you know, it's it's like you can either do that and you know decide that um, you're going to be miserable and depressed and angry at everybody and hate everything and think nothing is going to work out for you. You can just try to think of things differently. And when I thought of things differently, I usually felt better. So okay. and and in those like moments of trying to like choose the light over the dark are there is there one or two specific practices that you found really helpful oh yeah there's lots of them um i think you know for starters um like that I, would help somebody else who's like oh my god like i need that yeah of course um yeah for starters i mean i think one like as much as this might sound counterintuitive because it is about more the darkness like really acknowledging what you feel mm. just makes everything better. Yeah. I think so much of like our suffering comes from feeling like we shouldn't feel the way that we feel or, you know, trying to push past it or ignore it or deny it or whatever. When I just say, Oh my God, I'm so sad right now. Or yeah. like, Oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed about this thing. 
it helps so much. It, my whole body relaxes and feels relief. And so that's probably the first thing is just acknowledging what you're feeling, even if it's not pretty. And then I would say the other thing is like figuring it, like knowing yourself enough to know what your needs are, Mm. which is like, cause a lot of times we're feeling upset. We call a friend and we're like, you know, talking, Oh my God, I'm so upset about this thing. And then your friend like launches in to try to like fix and save and help because they love you and they're trying their best to like make you feel better. And the more I've learned what I need, the more I can actually get my needs fulfilled in those moments. So I think calling a girlfriend is one of the best things that you can do. If, If you're lucky enough to have even one friend that you feel like really gets you, it's such a blessing. And so calling that person is great. But then like, sometimes I don't want you to give me advice. I don't want you to tell me, I just want you to make me laugh. Or I want to talk about dumb stuff that doesn't even mean anything, or I need to be acknowledged for something, you know? So really understanding what your needs are is like a huge, um, you know, helpful thing to do to like figure out so that you can then act from that place. And Um, being clear, right. About what mm -hmm. they are. Cause I, (laughs) I remember for years just like mm-hmm. wanting like my husband or the kids to like understand exactly what I want. Like, but like, mm-hmm. how could anyone know exactly what I want if I don't say it out loud? I'm like, how could somebody not know that I need to go to sleep right now or mm-hmm. that it's time for lunch or that I don't want to wash the dishes today? Like, how can somebody mm-hmm. not know that? Yeah. Um, but they don't. They don't know it unless you say and ask, you know, ask or say that you need this support. Yeah. And we don't have to do it alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to know what you need. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is good advice. So, so you're in remission. Mm-hmm. Is that something that just happens naturally or is that? No. And it's, it's happening with a lot of help. Like I'm in remission. Like I don't have active, you know, psoriasis on my body and I don't have active arthritis pain. Um, but I'm on medication. I've been on medication since I was 25. Um, but even on that medication for like the first 10 years, I had psoriasis and arthritis all the time. So it's really just been the last two years that I haven't had symptoms. Um, and yeah, and it's, you know, I even hesitate saying it sometimes because I'm just like, I don't even really know what that means. Like, I'm just kind of, you know, for me, it means I don't have active symptoms right now. And it's right. the first time I haven't had active symptoms. You're not in pain. In a long time. Yeah, I'm not in pain. I'm not in pain Amazing. and I'm not scratching myself, you know, to death. So it's a it's a pretty big deal, but it's it's a very complicated thing, you know? Like, I have to give myself six shots a month in order to be able to walk. You know, I spent five years of my life not being able to walk without severe pain. So yeah, it's a very complicated, complicated thing. Um, And I have to eat a certain way and I have to make sure I'm sleeping properly and I have to keep my emotional health in order and, you know, just all of that. So, okay, well, I wait, I want to stop on that. I want everyone to hear that. So Mm -hmm. food, sleep and emotions. Yeah. Cause I feel like those are three things that are in all of our control. Mm-hmm. even if we're battling like a cold, you know, and I know a lot of listeners are actually also, you know, either for themselves or their children might have something going on health wise. Yeah. But I just feel like those are three such important things that I'm, you know, I feel sorry that you had to have this debilitating disease to know, but just being able to pass that on, I feel like that's 
that's the part like because you have such an amazing following like that's the message that we all get to hear from you that we all need yeah Um, yeah and it's it's a moment to moment fight yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) so like I think I think that's probably the thing I'm I'm one of the things I'm most passionate about talking about and I reason why I repeat it over and over and over again it's because I think we are in this age of like Instagram and you know social media and all this stuff and it's like very easy to look at all of that and think oh, wow, like she's just, you know, drinking her green juices and doing her downward dogs. Like it's like no big deal. And like I can barely make my bed in the morning or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, no, like absolutely not. Like if you see me having an amazing time, it's because I probably spent the first half of the day crying or journaling or meditating or talking to God for a good two hours just to get me in the right space to be able to thrive. Like it is not without that. And I feel like, you know, the people that don't really talk about that are doing an incredible disservice to everybody else on the planet because you're making it look like it's so simple. It's just not, it's work, you know, it's worth it, but it's work. Yeah. So if it's happy, there's been work that's behind it and, Mm -hmm. or it's just a moment of smile and it's not really happy. Yeah. (laughs) But when it's true happiness, there's definitely work. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so will you tell us a little bit about how food has played into your healing process? Yeah. Food is everything. You know, it's, it's interesting. Cause like I have a skin condition. So I saw dermatologists my whole life and mm-hmm. even my dermatologist now, even though I think he's great, he'll never agree that food has anything to do. I know. With it's so funny. Your, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I remember as a kid, my mom, you know, growing up in India, she was very just like naturally like gravitated towards healthier lifestyle choices. Yeah. And, um, you know, she would always try to tell me like to watch what I ate and I love junk food. Mm. I have always loved junk food. You know, some people just are like, I'm, I love junk food. Like the more Twix bars and Doritos you can give me the better. I don't eat that stuff now, but yeah. as a kid, oh my God, that's like well, all I wanted to eat. We, all day we now long. know it's super addictive. So <laughs> yeah, true, true. So, you know, my mom would tell me, don't eat that stuff. It's not good for you, whatever. And I used to say to her, until a doctor tells me that I shouldn't be oh eating God. this, I'm never going to stop. Yeah. And they're not even going to say <laughs> that today. Such so. a brat. Yeah, yeah. Such a brat. So then I, I ended up, up until I was 19, I had never thought about my diet and other than that one conversation with my mom over and over again. And I went to India and I actually met this Ayurvedic doctor who, um, Ayurveda is just like a, you know, Mm -hmm. form of, of Indian medicine. It's very ancient. And, um, and then he also did acupuncture and he put me on this strict elimination diet. Mm. Um, and it was like the first time anyone had ever told me what to eat. I lost like 23 pounds in two months and totally detoxed my body and my psoriasis didn't disappear, but it was the start of me starting to think about the correlation between Mm -hmm. my gut and my, my rest of my health. And then fast forward, you know, the last, I would say, you know, 15, 16 years since that happened, when I was about 35, I start. I had always, since then, since I was 19, I had always been watching my diet in certain ways. Like I had kind of already known like nightshades are mm. really bad for, nightshades are just like highly acidic foods, like tomatoes and 
bell peppers and um, paprika and eggplant and things like that. And, you know, I had always kind of known that though I needed to stay away from them because as soon as I ate one of those things, I would feel horrible, you know, so it wasn't hard for me. Yep. to stay away from it. And same thing with gluten. Like I don't have celiac like my mom does, but when I eat gluten, I get what I call like sandbag tired where like, I yeah. literally feel like I'm being weighed down by sandbags and I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't formulate a thought. Like it's just so. And gluten seems so to bad. have that impact on many a lot of people. Diseases. Yeah. 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 So like there are things like that, that I've always kind of eliminated, but about two years ago, I just started my symptoms. As I said, were still peeking through. I was taking all this medication and nothing like I was still having a lot of symptoms, Mm -hmm. you know? So I was just like, this isn't okay. Like it's one thing to take medication and have it work. It's another thing to be taking so much medication and like, you're still completely covered. Like that's not okay. Yep. So I started to get really concerned and I don't know, just a lot of things just clicked for me and I, I decided to do some research and found a um, integrative medicine doctor in Rye, New York that um, I, after researching and interviewing like 20 doctors, I finally chose this one. And basically I wanted to work with somebody who was going to test my gut yeah. and test me for what is happening with my body. Because every doctor would say, oh, you have psoriasis, you have psoriatic arthritis. Okay, just eliminate these foods. Just don't do this. And I was like, you know what? Everybody's not the same. Yeah, we don't have the same gut. Two people in the same room could have the same conditions, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. And I really started to get that. And so they tested me. And apparently you're supposed to have like 30 different bacteria in your gut. And I had like, and small amounts of each. And I had Mm -hmm. like five and large amounts of each. Wow. And I was just, yeah, my doctor was like, and my doctor said that I had six times the amount of inflammation of like a normal human being. And that I was on the track to get three other autoimmune diseases if I hadn't started seeing her. Wow. And within less than a year, I went down from a six to a one which is normal with inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like they do a blood test where it's like, <laughs> I'm thinking size of clothes when you first no, said no, 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 no. Oh my God. No, 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 no. It's a, it's an inflammation marker um, <laughs> in your blood, in your blood work. So it's like, you're supposed to be, I think like a zero, a 1.1 or something. Yeah. 1.1, I think. Okay. And then, and I was at like a 6.3 or something. Okay. Um, and so I went down to a one, um, you know, within like less than a year, just from changing my diet. I didn't even have her give me that many supplements. Cause I don't know when I try to take a lot of supplements, I don't feel, I really don't feel good. Yeah. Um, I feel really nauseous. And so we tried at first, but then I just was in communication with her and she even took me off a lot of those. Wow. Um, and yeah, and we just, it was really just you, through food. You were already off nightshades and gluten before you went into this. So what else yeah. did? Oh gosh. I went on, so I had really severe candida. Mm. And I didn't know. Um, And so I went off sugar Mm -hmm. um, from like September of 2016 to like September 1st, I think, to like April of 2017. I was off everything. Soy, anything fermented, um, any sugar. Um, I would have some like berries, you know, every once in a while, which was okay after a little bit of being Mm -hmm. on the diet. Um, no, uh, yeah, no gluten, no dairy. Like I really didn't have any dairy at mm-hmm. all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was like, I, I eat meat. Um, mm-hmm. I, I literally feel like I couldn't eat anything if I didn't eat meat. Um, mm-hmm. So I had like just meat and vegetables, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I learned how to cook, which is like, mm-hmm. I mean, a miracle in itself. Um, you know, well, I, I have the York. same story. People think I'm a cook because I have a cookbook, but that was a miracle <laughs> in itself just eight years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. It's different though. Isn't it different when you, I always try to explain this to people that it's so different when you're not cooking to eat dinner, you're cooking to feel good. Like yes. you just bring something different to it. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I do feel like it's just one of the, you know, and I, I've actually been thinking I'm getting retest my gut retested because I wanted to do that for my birthday, which was like now back in April. But um, I um, I want to do that every year, even if I'm in, you know, good yeah. standing with my symptoms. And um, I've just been thinking I need to get back into cooking a little bit more regularly because I feel so good when I do it. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, I cook really simple, simple, simple things because I can't eat a lot of spices even because they cause like a lot of heat in the body and all of that. But just, you know, beautiful green herbs and some black pepper and salt and garlic. And it's like, you can make anything delicious, you know? I live in New York. So you do, you are lucky to have some good options. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Yeah. What is that? What is the chocolate? Um, they started off with chocolate bars and then they had a restaurant human. Oh, Hugh called? Kitchen. Yes. Oh my <laughs> you love that place? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that place. But the chocolate is amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I know they also, it's like almost all just great meat and vegetables, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They have also like great breakfast options, like on the yeah. weekends and stuff, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. Love them. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much. This has been amazing. So so if like, let's say, I mean, I do get a lot of questions like of people who, who knows, maybe they have something that's chronic, mm-hmm. maybe not, but I do get questions all the time of people just not feeling well um, mm-hmm. and not necessarily, I mean, it's the same thing as that dermatologist who doesn't know food. I think sometimes yeah, like just not knowing what to take like what to do next. So what advice would you have for those people who just, just don't feel good? Yeah. Ugh. First of all, it sucks. So I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I totally get it. And, you know, I have to say two things. One is knowing that you have the right to feel good is like a huge huge thing. So if it's, whether it is your actual child or it's you yourself that isn't feeling good, if it's you yourself, I almost feel like treat yourself like this little kid, like the little kid within you feels like crap right now. Like you need to do whatever you can to like make her feel better, Mm. you know? And so almost like that protective kind of, you know, mothering energy that you could bring to it because I feel like that almost steps, makes you step outside of yourself and thinking it's about you. It's like so much more than just being about us. Um, You know, it affects everything and it affects people in our lives and, you know, it just, Mm -hmm. it affects so much. So just knowing like being your own advocate, like you can go to the doctor and ask questions. You can demand for more. You can research. You can you know, start talking about it too. I think one of the biggest things with health is that it becomes so incredibly isolating, um, which is why I, I talk about chronic illness so much in as many communities as I can, because I just feel like people who are dealing with their health, 
they talk to maybe one or two people. Like maybe they'll talk to you because they need food or maybe they'll talk to one other person, but like they're not really going there with people on a regular basis. And so I think that is a huge thing. Like just asking questions and, and sharing and letting people know and talking about it. It's such a huge thing. Um, and I think not settling until you find a doctor that you feel like is going to really listen to you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And like I, Luckily, I think there's yeah. more and more, right? Like I think yes. that's growing. There is. But like when I found, like I go to the Susan Bloom Center in, in Rye, New York, and I, I see um, one of her colleagues, Elizabeth, there because I didn't want to see the famous doctor. I'm sure Susan is amazing, so it's not about her. <laughs> but, I, but like knowing your needs again, right? So it's like I could have seen Susan and it wasn't like she was like that much of a price difference or any of that. But I thought to myself, I'm in a really bad shape right now. I'm in a really stressful position in my life. I'm feeling horrible. I want a doctor who I know I can talk to at any moment, Mm. you know, for the most part, right? So it's like, I know if I email Elizabeth, who's her colleague and just as capable, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to get her on email, you know, like she's not going to be off doing a book tour or something. Like it's like, she's going to be, you know, in the office or whatever. So that was a huge thing. Um, but I really researched before I chose her and I asked a lot of questions. I also got a lot of referrals and I asked people, is this a doctor who will take on a difficult case? Right. That was really a huge thing. There's a lot of doctors that do the exact same thing that she does that do not want to be bothered with the difficult cases. Right. And that's a real thing. So I, you know, being your own advocate, like ask a lot of questions, do not isolate. Like those are all things that are going to open things up for you if you're struggling. Trust your gut, right? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like with ourselves and with our kids, like Mm -hmm. so much more than we give credit for, like, and I don't know about everyone listening, but this is definitely my thing is, and it sounds like it was yours too, but Mm -hmm. I just grew up with this story that doctors knew best. Oh yeah. No, they don't. It took me a long time to trust that like I knew my body best and probably I knew my kids' bodies best too, you know, Mm -hmm. while they were little. Yep. Eventually they can take on that responsibility. But like no stranger or person I see a couple times of years knows us better than like we do. We know when something's up. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, that's such a good point. Yeah. And so and I think that that's like that's definitely like a mindset thing that we just have to get through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like tell ourselves a new story about that, but it's hard. It's not always easy. No, absolutely. I love that point for sure. Um, well, uh, and uh, you know what? I had one other question. So during all this time, when you did all this work on yourself and like figuring this all out, what were you, like, that was, was that before you started your brand? Um, were you ever in court? Were you ever doing a corporate thing or were you always an entrepreneur? Oh, I was in real estate for a long time. <laughs> um, so I was probably, so funny. yeah, I, I loved, I mean, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't have said that I loved it at the time, but I, looking <laughs> back, I'm like, you know, it really taught me a lot. It was, it was kind of like, I also was acting and waitressing and, you know, yeah. trying to do that whole thing too. But like my first real job was in real, real estate. estate. Uh-huh. And, so, um, yeah. So when you were feeling so bad and acting and, yeah. and real estating, how, how, how did you, like, I feel like a big thing for people listening is time and we have these busy lives. Maybe we work, we have kids, uh, you know, we have things we want to do and it's like, 
how do you make time for you and for your health and for these and obviously both you and I would be like you just have to make time it has to be first but like what what are some practical little strategies that you might recommend to people for making that space yeah you know one of the things that's really helped me is knowing that if I nourish myself get the sleep that I need and take care of myself the way that I need to the time stretches way farther than I would originally think it would, right? So I'm in a really busy moment in my life and it's like, I I do feel um, stretched and I feel a little tired and I'm like, okay, like there's so much going on. There's so much going on. And I have to constantly remind myself, like even last night I came home, I've been coming home at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. because I've got events and working all day and stuff. And there's a part of me that wanted to go straight to my email at like 11 p.m. because I was like, oh, shoot, I have like all these emails that I, I should just get them done now because I don't want to have to deal with them tomorrow. And I stopped myself and I was like, if you go to sleep, and probably it'll end up being an hour to two hours earlier than you would if you get sucked into your email, you will have a better day tomorrow. You will have, you will be able to wake up a little earlier and get a little bit more done and be way more productive. So I think that's been like a huge, huge lesson for me, even like with eating, like yesterday I was running, 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 and I was starving in between like, you know, all the things that I had to do. And I made myself come home and just make myself a small, simple, really fast meal. Cause I was like, if you just nourish yourself for, you know, 15 minutes even, right? It doesn't have to be this like candle lit, like hour long exploration of your soul and your dinner and like all this. It doesn't have to be that. But the 15 minutes that I took to like heat up some, some chicken that I had made and some kale and whatever. Oh my God. It changed my whole, I I was a totally different person. Yeah. No, I so it's so such an important lesson. Yeah. You really can. The time is just weird that way. It's not logical. It's mm-hmm. not as linear, I don't think, as we think it is. And I had a yeah. very similar experience actually just two nights ago where I had that instinct to finish something up. And then I was like, what am I doing? I'm really tired right now. Mm-hmm. And I went to sleep. And the next morning, I actually woke up, and this is not normal for me, but I woke up at five without an alarm. Mm. And I swear to God, I had the most productive 45 minutes I had ever had. Because, yeah. Like, I was okay then, you know, and and the kids weren't up and whatnot. And actually one of our third guests, I think on the podcast or somewhere at the first 10 was Kim John Payne. And he's a psychologist and a Mm -hmm. parents. And he actually did a study once where he timed like somebody getting breakfast on the go, like grabbing a bar and like Mm. putting juice in a to-go cup, like all the stuff and like throwing a family in the car versus making a really delicious breakfast, sitting down and eating it. And it actually took less time to do the sit down part Mm. (laughs) because everybody was so crazy in the like get into the car part. Mm -hmm. And so it just shows that like stuff that we think is faster isn't always even faster. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I really just think time, you know, just morphs the way you need it to when, you know, when it's the right time. Yeah. Great, great place to end. So tell us how we can find you. Oh, sure. Yeah. You can find me on, well, Instagram is where I'm the most active, which is just my name at Nitika Chopra. 
And um, you can also find me on my blog, nitikachopra.com. And I have a free- fantastic writer, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, and I have a free chronic illness uh, Facebook group as well that's called the Chronic Illness Crew. And I try to get in there, you know, to do Facebook Lives and start discussions. Oh, awesome. And yeah, it's a really beautiful, beautiful community. So, um, so yeah. All right. So anyone battling chronic illness should definitely go Facebook and join us. Definitely link up the rest in the show notes. And you have some exciting news that you're now doing something for Dove, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been, um, their ambassador this year for the Dove Derma Series collection that they have, which is great. Um, it's been awesome. It's a collection helping people with dry skin conditions. So Awesome. Yeah, so so you really are spreading the word, just like you were told in the closet I'm, when you were I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I love I'm it. Trying. Well, thank you so much for giving us yeah. your time today. It was amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope you loved that episode of the Plan Simple podcast. At the end of every episode, we serve up three doable changes so you can take what you learned and put it into action this week. As you know, I'm a big advocate of picking one thing a week every Sunday. So even though I'm telling you three, I would love you to pick the one that resonates most and figure out how you can fit this into your world. Put things in your calendar that will support the one that you choose. If you want 101 doable changes around health and wellness, you can go to plansimplemeals.com slash 101, or there's a link in the show notes. But I highly recommend starting with the three that Nitika has shared today. Number one, get the sleep you need. Instead of checking your email at 10 p.m., go to bed. The extra sleep will serve you well. Understand what your body needs for sleep and commit to getting it. This is super hard in my world right now because I finally have a teenager who is not going to bed as early as I am used to him going to bed. And I had this whole series of things I used to do after he went to bed for myself. And now I'm finding that I'm needing to change that rhythm. So it always takes a little bit of looking at, especially right now as we're transitioning to summer, see how it is that you can get your eight hours of sleep. Number two, nourish yourself. It doesn't have to be a candlelit hour or a long exploration of your soul. It isn't about what dinner looks like. Just take 15 minutes to put together a simple nourishing meal and eat it. No matter how busy you are, this will serve you and your family. I cannot explain what an impact this will have on your life. It is just... I don't know. With a family, I don't know if it's 15 minutes, but I just feel like it's that half hour. You sit down, you are together, you're quiet, you're in conversation. You can go deeper than you can go at other times. You eat great food and this just supports your life like I don't think anything else can. Acknowledge your feelings. Even though Nitika believes it is in being more committed to your happiness than your suffering. She also believes that acknowledging what you feel makes everything better. If you're having a hard time, instead of trying to push past it or deny it, acknowledge it. Say, I'm sad right now, or I'm really disappointed or angry or frustrated or whatever it is. And just acknowledging it can help your body relax and help you move past it so that you really can commit to your happiness instead of your suffering. All right, you guys, those are the three doable changes from this week. I'm going to work on the acknowledge your feelings part. (laughs) That's my doable change for next week. I would love to hear what yours is. We are 
we, I am getting active on Facebook again. I admittedly had to take a little hiatus. I would love to see you guys. We post, you know, articles and the podcast and have conversations over on the Plan Simple Meals podcast page. And then we have deeper conversations in the Plan Simple Meals Simple meals. I'm saying that all wrong, you guys. Sorry. In the Healthy Moms Meetup group. So if you go to healthymomsmeetup.com, that is where you can join in on the conversation. And again, we've been, it's been a little not busy for a while, but I'm missing it. I want to talk to you guys. I want to know what's going on in your life. I want to know how I can serve you better. And I want us all to be in conversation about all the things that are going on with these amazing people who are showing up to these interviews. All right. Have a fantastic week and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple podcast. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.